couple of weeks we've been looking at this book, uh, this book of Ephesians, and it wasn't written just to, uh, to the churches there, it was written to us. Um, not, I guess not to us, but for us, and there's something in it uh, for, for each and every person here. It's not like, hey, this is just an idea, of, I'm, I'm kind of here by accident, I just came to watch, you know, the baptism, it's my first day, whatever it is, uh, you're not here by accident. I believe that, that the God of the, the universe, of all creation, wants to speak to you this morning. Uh, maybe you've been here since day one, you know, you're celebrating, it's like, I think it's seven years we've been here uh, this weekend, you know, happy birthday to us. Um, but uh, that's, uh, maybe you've been here for every one of them, he still wants to speak directly to you. This journey is never done. Um, you ever find in your Christian life, you know, or in just life in general, that, you know, things don't always work out as you, as you thought? You ever find out, even though after you became a Christian, it's still not like, like everything makes sense? Do you ever have moments where, even as a Christian, you feel kind of empty on the inside and something's missing? No? Just, just me? Um, you know, the, uh, uh, this week I was going through my filing cabinet and I found a, a bunch of file folders with uh, owner's manuals in them. I have about 50 owner's manuals, most of them still in the plastic that I've never opened. Uh, and uh, about 40 of them are for stuff I don't even own anymore. But I got those manuals and I realized as I was reading through the mails, I saw one for my old dishwasher. I looked in there and I realized you're supposed to change the uh, filter or clean it at least monthly. I was like, that thing doesn't clean dishes anymore. We chucked it to the curb and bought a new one. Had I realized that we could have just cleaned the filter, uh, I may have um, uh, saved us some stuff. I mean, it didn't match anyway, so Beth was happy we got a new one. But, but had, I, had I saw that, I probably could have saved myself uh, a lot of, um, you know, backache, heartache, and uh, water all over the floor, and uh, had actually had clean dishes. But I didn't check the manual. Uh, and that's the same thing that I feel like in our lives this morning, there might be things that, that are going on, you don't even realize why, but as we look into the manual, the, the, the Word of God that He gave for your life, it's how your life is supposed to work. It's how it's supposed to be designed and how it's supposed to run. If you look in there, you may see something this morning that just changes everything for you. It's like, whoa, lights on. Oh, I get it now. And it can fix something that's um, going on in your life. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Um, verses 16 to 17. We don't put the verses up there anymore. It just creates laziness. We want you to, 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 um, to just be challenged to say, I'm going, yeah, I know, we're here for you. Our goal is to disciple you, that you have the word, that you uh, read it, that you're tracking with us. Uh, that's why we put it in the bulletin. Check out Ephesians 1 this week. You're like, well, then I'm going to know what you're talking about. That's the point. We want, we want you to know and have God speaking to you before you ever get here on Sunday mornings so that it just confirms in your heart what he wants to do. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 in the Amplified. I know yours may not be the, quite the same, but it just adds a few extra words. Paul said this. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I'm making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into the mysteries and the secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Um, Paul was thanking God for these churches and he was asking God for them. It's a good little lesson in prayer. You know that your prayer life should, be a, it should con consist of some thanking and some asking, not just one or the other. You know, if your life is all just about asking God for everything, that's all, you pr all your prayers consist of, God, I need this, God, I need that, God, I need this, would tell me that you're probably God in your life and he's just the one there to make sure you have everything you want and need. The opposite is also true. If all you're doing is ever thanking God, you're like, oh man, my life's so good, all I gotta do is thank God for everything, um, then you're probably not dreaming big enough. He's got vision for your life that's way bigger where you're going to be forced to ask him, forced to uh, carry on with that. And even though the, the Ephesian church was good, faithful people, they didn't have it all together. And so he's asking for them that it would get bigger for them. What's he praying for? He said he prayed that they might have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's saying, I pray that you would have wisdom as you get to know God. 
Uh, it's something that, that uh, we need in our lives is wisdom. Uh, he doesn't pray that they would get more knowledge. Have you realized that we're living a time where, where knowledge is more accessible to us than it's ever been before? Um, you know, before, like if you were at your, you know, maybe riding in your car or hanging out at your house and a song comes on the radio, you're like, oh man, what's that song? I can't remember. I, I, I know the tune, but what's that song? You know, and then, and then after, you, you never figure it out. It's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Now, there's an app for that. You hear the song, like, well, I wonder what that song is. We shazam it, and it just automatically tells you that that's the story of my life by one direction. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, now I know that. I can tell everyone else about that. Um, you know, the, the, we, we have apps for all kinds of, of things uh, now. The other day, I was sitting in Tim Hortons with a few people, and we were talking about a kid in our kids' church who ha- had the unfortunate uh, experience of sitting on a pencil uh, that his brother held up underneath of him while he was sitting down. Uh, yeah, I know. So the lead broke off, and we're like, can you still get lead poisoning from a pencil? And as we sat around the table, we're like, hmm, you know, can you get lead poisoning? Well, I don't know. That's where the conversation would have ended a few years ago, right? It'd be like, we have no idea. Hopefully he makes it. We'll see if he's there on Sunday, right? It's, uh, that, that's all we would have had. Um, but now it's like you just ask Siri, like, Siri, you know, can, uh, are pencils still made out of lead? No, Master Chief, they are not. They are now made with something called graphite. I'm like, thank you, Siri. Master Chief, can I help you with anything else? That's what she calls me. I love it. So uh, it's, um, but you, just so easy and simply, you've got uh, access to knowledge. You can learn Anything that's important, you can learn the dumbest stuff. You can learn, you know, what a fox says while it's dancing in the woods with all of its friends, along with 200 million other people who really want to know about that. But that whole thought is that there's all kinds of knowledge available, but does it really change our lives? No, because you can know all kinds of stuff, and it doesn't make your life any better. Uh, And the thing is that the Bible talks about how it's wisdom that builds the house, not knowledge. This morning, um, the same is what's true for us here, is that wisdom... Wisdom is what we need in our, in, our, in our relationships. Wisdom is what we need in the way we do, uh, we do life. The Bible says in Proverbs 9, verse 10, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. So, uh, and, and Grant, he texted me this week. He texted me this scripture verse. All, I get a text, and all it says is Job 28, 28. I'm like, all right then, you know, I'm not reading Job. That book's depressing. I'm not, I'm not looking that up. Uh, he calls me like a couple uh, hours later. He's like, hey, did you check it up? Did you look it up yet? I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, hey, this, it says, you know, that the fear of the Lord uh, is true wisdom. I'm like, Grant, uh, the, the scripture goes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He's like, oh, okay, well, thanks for clarifying that. And he hangs up. I'm like, yeah, own that, you know. Uh, I'm the pastor. He's like the whatever. He calls me back. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, read it. It doesn't say that. And I was like, what? So then I'm like, I have to read it. I'm like, I look it up, and it says, the fear of the Lord is true wisdom. It's in this, in this life of living like, with, a, with a healthy fear of the Lord that there's wisdom in our lives. And, and, and Paul's praying that for the church. He's saying, hey, I pray that as you know God, you'll have wisdom. I'm not praying you learn more about God. That's not going to help you. I'm praying that as you know God, it would bring wisdom into your life. Well, part of knowing God is realizing that he's powerful and he's a loving parent in our lives. You know, I heard this guy this week just sharing about how his, his kids were, um, uh, they were at home with his wife alone, and there's a thunderstorm, and a thunder and lightning is scary, right? So all the kids run to her bed, and like, oh, we're all going to die. And she's like, you're not going to die. Lightning's not dangerous. It's okay. You know, you're in the house. You're safe. Then uh, they're like, oh, okay, and they all go sleep in their own beds, and it's all good. Then he comes home, and, and they tell him, yeah, Dad, we, you know, it was a lightning storm. We were so scared. He's like, good. You know, if you go out there in that lightning, it'll fry you. You know, you'll burn you right up from the inside out. You'll be like charcoal. And, and the kids are like, well, Mom said it wasn't dangerous. And uh, he's like, it, what's she talking about? Of course it's dangerous. He's like, you know what? I want my kids to have a healthy fear and respect 
for lightning. He says, otherwise, next week, there's a lightning storm. They're going to go out with golf clubs up in the air, just like, hey, you don't see what happens. He's saying the same thing with us and God. Have an understanding and a healthy realization that God's not a parent who just turns a blind eye to the dumb stuff you do in your life. If you see your kid playing in the middle of the street, you know, chasing a ball down Highway 3, like every day, playing in the center of the line, you know as a good parent, you're going to kick his butt off of that, of that road and tell him, listen, you're 17, you should know better, you know, I don't want you getting killed. God's the same way with us. You know, his grace is amazing that it washes all that stuff away in our lives. He pays the price we couldn't pay, but that doesn't give us the, the opportunity just to keep messing up, keep living our lives that way, going down. There will still be consequences of that. You know, when lightning strikes you, you still burn. That's the same, same idea as saying have this healthy understanding of who God is in your life and you will make better decisions. When you realize God is who he is and, and the wisdom that comes in just out of this grateful submission and obedience to him, you realize things like, hey, I'm not married yet. I shouldn't be having sex with people. Uh, because you know what? You go down the road and you realize it screws up your marriage big time and the potential of it. What is that? Just a healthy respect for what God has said. This is how life runs. Wisdom. You know, hey, I probably shouldn't cheat on my taxes, you know, because uh, they might come looking for me. And, and, you know, maybe you know somebody who's like paying and paying and paying and they can barely catch up now. Why? Wisdom would have told them, hey, the fear of the Lord says you pay what, is what you owe and what's due. You'd you, you be up front above, uh, above reproach in, in your financial um, life and, and wisdom's going to protect you. You know, wisdom would tell you that, you know, uh, it, it's better to, to um, you know, live in the, the corner of a house top than with a, you know, with a contentious wife. You know, like it's talking about like a better is a dripping faucet. So if you're dating some girl and she's like contentious already, run. Get out of that relationship. It's not going to be good for you. I don't care how good looking she is. It's not going to be good for you. Same wisdom. So often we come back and we're like, oh, my life's so messed up. And we never read the manual. He's saying just read the manual and realize what it's saying about you. And Paul's saying it's not just knowledge. I'm not just saying that, hey, here's more knowledge about God. It's I want you to know him. Uh, then it says in verse um, 18 and 19, it says, By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he's called you, how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing, are you hearing those words? What's the unlimited and um, immeasurable and surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? Um, Paul's writing this, but it's actually God who's, uh, who's inspiring Paul to write it. So it's God who wants you to know this. And it's not just to those churches, it's to us. This is what he says, God, this morning, like, God, what do you want from life? This is what he wants for your life. He wants you to know uh, and remember and understand these three things. And guess what? He doesn't make the list too long because, um, you know, he knows there's going to be men in the room. Did you realize that wisdom is always referred to in the Bible as a she? Did you ever realize that? It's really weird. But also foolishness is always referred to as a he. So, uh, you know, I think it's God, as God kind of, I know, you're like, oh, I get it now. You know, I, my marriage just made a whole lot more sense. Um, but he says, he says, you know, understanding that, he makes this list only three items long. He's like, I want you to know these three things. Because if you're like me, if it gets more than three things, it gets pretty sketchy after that. I'm not sure I'm remembering much after that. My, you know, if this grocery list is longer than three items, I, I'm writing it down because I'm not going to remember it. This week, my wife sent me to the grocery store and she said, okay, you go to Hewitt's and get goat milk. Go to Foodland and get deli pizza. Can you handle that? I was like, two items? Got it. Go on. Drive over to, um, drive over to Hewitt's. Get that. I'm on my way to get the pizza. I get a text saying, hey, can you bring a coffee for me from Tim Hortons? And this is what Tracy wants. I'm like, that's four items. You know, uh, uh, by then I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll try and get that. Then I'm after, while I'm texting her, I'm like, 
Sheesh, I'm at No Frills. Where the heck is the deli? I can't find this pizza anywhere. And I'm mad, right? Because I'm like, seriously, they're out of pizza. Like, this is just terrible. And so all of a sudden, I get just a text of capital letters with exclamation marks, Foodland. I'm like, four items. You're right. You know, no wonder I didn't remember this. Head over to Foodland, found the pizza. The life was great. It was delicious. A $13.99 for a huge pizza. Way to feed your Dutch families. Um, just, just plugging that. But he says, I want you to remember three things. And this morning he's saying, I don't want you just to remember them so you can remember them, that you can memorize and say, yeah, I remember those three things. He wants me to know about his calling, his inheritance, and his power. Bing! He says, I want you to know them, that your eyes will be so open that you experience them firsthand. So remember to say weekend this week, uh, you know, big thing that they have all over the news and they have songs about it, how people don't remember what, uh, what happened. You know, there's people that, you know, on, on November 11th, it'll be like 11.05, you're like, oh, Rats, you know, I forgot to set a reminder. You know, I, I forgot to have that moment of silence. Has it ever happened to you? Do you know who that never happens to? The vets. Why? Because they lived it firsthand. They experienced it firsthand. They're never forgetting that. And Paul is saying to the Ephesian church, it's like, I want you guys to get this firsthand. I, I want you to understand what these three things mean for you. And I just want to sh- share them with you this morning. But my prayer is like Paul's, that your eyes would be open. It's what I'm praying for myself. God, Open the eyes of my heart that I can really see clearly what these three things are in my life. And it's a healthy thing to pray uh, over your life. He says, number one, what the hope of his calling is. It's like, what he's saying is understand the expectation of, what the, of the invitation that you've been called to. He says, you've been called. I mean, what's the calling? The, the, the original calling is that we would come to know Christ. But he's saying to this church, they already know they're saved. So he's not like writing to them, hey, I, I hope that your eyes are going to be open so that you would know that you could be born again, that you could be saved, that you could be set free from your sin. He's not writing that. These people already know that. What is he saying? He's like, you guys are already Christians. You're already living your life for Christ. He's like, I'm praying that your eyes would be open to understand what the expectation of that life is. The expectation of I'm living my life every day with my focus set on the fact that I'm living today because of him. That, that it's not just kind of wake up every morning, you like wake up like, oh, you're kind of in beast mode until, you know, making your coffee, staying, you know, getting away, getting to work, doing your stuff, you know, as you, you know, drive out of, the, out, of the, uh, out of your driveway and get out and forget something, you know, step on the neighbor's cat, and you're like, oh, you know, it's like you drop a swear word, whatever your one of choice is, and also you're like, oh, wait a second, I'm a Christian, what, what the, what's going on? He's saying, you know, from the idea of just waking up from the first uh, the first get-go, to realize that our lives are centered around this calling, that, that our lives are centered around the fact that we've been called to salvation and we're called to call others as well. When's the last time you shared your faith? Really shared your faith with somebody, really shared the hope that you have on the inside. I keep hearing stories about you guys, so I know that for a lot of you, that's something that you do. But I was challenged in my own life. When's the last time I shared it? Am I living my life based just solely around the fact that he's done something in me, that that's why I'm alive, that I'm living not just for this life, but for what's to come? Um, He says, number two, to realize and understand and see clearly the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And said to to realize how amazing that is. That can be interpreted two ways. Um, the, The word riches... Uh, is, is actually talking about physical wealth, about gold and money. Um, but both ways that he's talking about this, he uses incredibly descriptive words for it. It's not just this, this, this thing, oh, hey, I hope you understand this. He's like, I hope you get how big and amazing the, uh, the inheritance is. Romans eight seventeen, the Bible says we're joint heirs with Christ. So when we're talking about being a joint heir with somebody, it means we share in what they got. 
So Jesus has an inheritance that he was given because he deserved it, not because we did. Jesus, Jesus, by his death on the cross, makes us joint heirs with him, so we get to share in it. So he's like the star prize child, you know, who gets everything right and gets all of the rewards, and then he says, and you're my brother, so you get it too. It'd be amazing if you had real siblings like that, you know, the ones who actually share with you. Um, but but he, here it is. It's like saying, hey, this is, this is what he deserved. He deserved an incredible inheritance, and, he, and he's sharing it with you. Ephesians 1.3, which we looked at a few weeks ago, says, you're already blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just say that for a minute. I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. Yeah, it's true. You are. A lot of times you look at our outside and go, I'm not sure if I'm really blessed. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about every spiritual blessing, but it is mentioning something about physical riches as well. He says there's a, there's a blessing in your life that, God's gonna, that God pours out on you. This is not like the idea where you can take that and say, you know, oh, God, I just want you to just give me money. That's what it's all about. Because he says that's kind of the lowest on the totem pole. But a lot of times when we get stuck there, we don't realize that there's other blessings. There's the blessings of relationship with him. There's the blessing of, of heaven someday. There's, there's the incredible blessings of, of health, of having his spirit living on the inside of us. But one of those blessings is, is financial. But you know what? A lot of times that's the one we focus on completely. We spend most of our time, you know, hunting down the next dollar. If I were to walk in this morning and just grab a handful of gravel out of the parking lot and tell you, get some of this gravel, man. Seriously, if you get another, not just another handful of gravel, it's gonna, you're gonna have some, some real joy on the inside of you. You know, if you, if you work eight to ten hours, you know, for the boss and go into his office and just say, I just want more gravel. Just give me a little bit more gravel and I'll be happy. You know, you don't give me the gravel, I'll just be walking. You know, the company down the road, they'll pay me more gravel. And, and you're like, what? I'm like, if I said, come on, go out there. Just, if you can have two handfuls of gravel, all your dreams will come true. If you look at me like, Mark, you're nuts. I think God thinks about us that way too someday. You know why? I said, we're chasing all this, 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 uh, this stuff in life that he says, you know, once you get to heaven, you're just going to realize you get there and you say, oh, you know, look at all the gold that I was able to amass. He's like, yeah, that's pavement up here. That's all it is. And yet we chase that like it's like it's everything for us. You can't take it with you. There's a story of a man who told his wife, he says, you know what? He says, I got two bags of money. I put them in the attic. I'm taking them with me when I die. I'm just going straight up. I'm going to take the money on my way. <laughs> After the funeral, he, uh, she's up there. She's cleaning the attic. And what does she find? Two bags of money. She's like, I knew that fool should have put that money in the basement. <laughs> Either way, you can't take it with you. But what is he saying? He's like, I want you to know how amazing and how valuable it is, the inheritance that we have in the saints You know, God's got your needs covered. He's got it all. He can handle that kind of stuff, and he wants it in in our lives so that we would use it for his kingdom and his glory. Um, But the other thing it says about how how amazing the inheritance is in Christ, what is his inheritance? His inheritance is us. He inherited a new family, the church. It's what he paid for. It's the people around you that you see. That's what he says. They are incredible. There's a richness in this place called church. It's what he gave his life for. There's a value in this thing that we call church, uh, the family of God, not just here on Sunday mornings, but in the world. The brothers and sisters we have meeting in every, all buildings around uh, uh, this, this, this county in the world today. He's saying, that is, man, there is something amazing about that. And then we get our sights on, wow, all right, if God's excited about church, then I'm going to be too. You know, that's what we're building. That's what matters. That's the inheritance. I hope that your eyes will be open just to see how amazing it is. And the last thing is this, that he, you would see the exceeding greatness of his power that's at work toward us. Exceeding, it's not just saying, you know, I want to see how great it is. It's this exceeding greatness. The, the word exceeding means just to throw the ball beyond. Uh, when I play with my kids, um, my kids are so different. Maddox and Lincoln, one's 
four and one's two. Uh, Lincoln, he just does kind of the bare minimum stuff. So when, I, when we got this ball, and I, I'll always tell him, run to the hallway, and I'll throw it down the hallway. Lincoln will run right to the edge of the, well, he won't run. He'll wander over to the edge of the hallway and just kind of wait for it there. And I'll smack that ball as hard as I can so it flies well over his head and all the way down to the end. And he's like, oh, I don't want to play. Maddox, on the other hand, he, um, he, as soon as I say, we're going to throw the ball, just go down the hallway, he runs around the corner all the way down to the end, opens the door, goes into the far room to the very back wall waiting. I can't even hit it that far. But he's going to make sure that he's going to be like, able to see it the whole way coming. You know, God's saying the same thing for us. A lot of us, we've got the expectations of Lincoln where we just stand at the door and we think, ah, oh, you know, this is all God can do. And he just blows it by. He's like, listen, the greatness of the power is way bigger than what you're expecting. Dad's in the house and it's going. Yeah, Sam, somebody's starting to get it. All right, so here we go. He says there's, a, there's this exceeding greatness of power. What kind of power does God have? The word power is the word dunamis, and it actually means a whole bunch of things. He says the greatness of his power is defined like this, that there's some strength there. There's power there. There's ability there. He says not just that. There's dynamic power for performing miracles. That's the kind of power that God has he wants you to see. He's also saying that there's moral power there and of excellence of soul. Man, some of the stuff that we're facing, we need some of that kind of power in our life. Power and influence because of wealth. There's a chance to have this um, influence in life. He's saying that kind of power is what God has. And it says, I'm not just saying that your eyes would be open and say, wow, look at how much power God has. Because what is Paul saying to the church? And what is God saying to us? He's like, Kingsway, I'm praying that your eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart would open up, that you would see that the greatness, the, 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 the going beyond greatness of my power that's working towards you. Working towards you who believe. It's not just that, oh, God's powerful up there. He's saying, would you get your eyes open to see that that power is working towards you. It's available towards you who believe. The word believe, it just simply means who put full confidence in it. Who completely trust that that is true. Who are willing to say, you know what, I believe that and see that to be true. He's saying, you got to see that in here first before you ever experience it. The limitation is not in God, it's in us. What kind of power are we talking about? He's talking about that, that, that we'd realize that that power is working toward us, that you would experience it, that you would be like the vets and you would know the power firsthand, that you wouldn't just know somebody who had a miracle happen in their life, that you would be able to have a miracle happen in your life, that you wouldn't just know somebody who saw God do something cool in their life, set them free from addiction, that you would have the chance to know firsthand that God can set you free from addiction, that you wouldn't just know that God saved a marriage somewhere, but that your marriage was saved. He's saying there's an incredible power working towards you. Do you get it? The thing is, we can't just get it by hearing it this morning. The only job that I can do this morning is tell you what the Word says. I, that my prayer is that Holy Spirit would do like Paul said, open the eyes of our understanding that we can see it. My prayer is that you would pray that for yourself as well. It's what I pray of my life every day right now. God, open my eyes that I can see that these three things are true in my life. It ends with this. What kind of power is he actually talking about? Ephesians 1, 19, uh, B to 20. It says the same power as he demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Do you realize that God's power is powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead? So what are you facing that compares with that? For some, it's close. But for most of us, it's nowhere near. That the power that God has toward us is this incredible, incredible power that if we could believe, we could see. It says, you know, the, the fact that, that God raised Jesus from the dead, it's public proof that he can change lives. It's 
public proof that he can change lives. You know, some of you are like, I don't think God can really take care of me. He's like, I raised Jesus from the dead. Well, I kind of got an anger problem and I've had it all my life. I raised Jesus from the dead. Well, and I've got an addiction. I struggled with pornography for 20 years. I raised Jesus from the dead. Let's go. You know, I got my marriage in trouble. <laughs> I raised Jesus from the dead. I can fix that. You know, I got a broken heart. I got a broken life. I got a broken past. I got broken relationships. It's like, I raised Jesus from the dead. What's your thought this morning? What are you facing this morning? The thing is, I believe that the greatest display of the power of God is a changed life. I believe what you saw this morning, the stories you heard this morning is the greatest display of God's power. We can see miracles, and I've seen them, and we will, <laughs> because I'm not, I believe as we sow God's word in your hearts, it's going to catch fruit, and you're going to be like, whoa, man, I'm seeing this stuff, and, and there's going to be stories of you guys seeing this in your life. I believe it. But I remember my, my brother was um, miraculously healed as a child. You know, that was, I rarely think about that because it, it was so far be, be, um, back in, uh, 20 years ago that it happened. I don't think about that every day. But you know what I do think about every day? I think about how my life is different from where it was, you know, 20 years ago when Jesus saved me, how my life is different as a result of that, and you will as well. There's the greatest miracles that lives can be changed. You know, it's what baptism signifies, that he took our old life and it died. The old me, done, gone, and there's a new me. Doesn't matter what the old me even looked like, how many problems, struggles, whatever. It's done, gone. He raises you to new life. You're not the same anymore. Romans chapter 8, 11 says, if you're a follower of Christ, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Lives in me. The same spirit, all oh, that we, our eyes would be open to see that and hear that. It's what it's all about. It's all about the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. Let me leave you with this thought. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, what the heck are we doing here? You could have slept in this morning if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. You could have stayed up and watched the Leafs get beat by the Bruins last night and then, you know, wept all night about it and didn't have to worry because you didn't have to be here this morning if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then this is a really weird thing. You know, hey, Martha, they're like bathing people in front of the whole church. It's weird and freaky. This would be just a weird show. Oh, yeah, we laughed a little, but it doesn't matter if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. Right? Would you agree? You're like, yeah, I would have been wasting my time if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. Thank you for that, Mark. Here's the thought. If he was raised from the dead, that makes some pretty powerful things available. That means we need to rethink our idea and our mindset of what the word impossible means. If he's raised from the dead, you need to rethink the word impossible in your life because there isn't any for him. Some of you are facing stuff like it's impossible. Wrong. He raised Jesus from the dead. That's true. There's no doubt about that. Maybe you're looking at like my life. I, it's so bad. I don't think God could ever love and accept me or take me back. It doesn't, he raised Jesus from the dead. He can handle you. I want to encourage you this morning that he absolutely loves you. He had to raise Jesus from the dead because he had to sacrifice him first to send his son so that, that our sins would be paid for and taken care of. That even wasn't impossible for him. He made sure that it could be done you know, the thing is, if we realize that, that, that uh, there's nothing impossible, we can face those situations, those things going on in our life with a whole lot more clout. And I'm in a tough spot. Me and God, we can handle everything. You know, God handles everything. I got the rest. You know, we're, we're good to go. I got the right team. Life with Jesus Christ. He says, if you're in Christ, then this is working in you. 
If you're in Christ, this is working in you. It's what Ephesians is, is all about, is to understand that. Let me, let me just leave you with this. I know I left you with one thing, but it's never true. When we say we're ending right now, or this is my last thought, usually there's about nine of them. Um, but this is, this is my third ending here, all right? So in, uh, he says this in Christ. He says, this is the power that's working towards you. We just find that power earlier, but let me say it to this way to you. The power is strength, power, and ability is working towards you. Not, not yours. Not your trying and striving and oh, I'm going to do better. His. His power and ability and strength can work in, in through your life. If you just open your heart to that and say, God, open my eyes to that this morning. Dynamic power for working miracles. <laughs> miracles. That is working towards you. That is working towards you. That is in you. Because he is. It says moral power and excellence of soul. Do you realize that this morning you can beat that addiction you're facing? Not because you can, just on your own. You would have done it already. But the fact that with him, you can. You can live and walk free every single day. Why? Because that's the power that's working towards you in Christ. Power and influence in your life. Do you realize that that's been his design for us since the day it all started? This is the reason why when you first decided to follow Jesus Christ and you got baptized, it wasn't like, all right, in the water, you're baptized, and poof, you disappear, and it just takes you to heaven. It'd be so much easier if we all just drowned in the baptism tank. You know, we wouldn't have to face, it's true, we wouldn't have to face all of, I know, I know, morbid thought. We wouldn't have to face all of the struggles of walking out this Christian life and realizing that it wasn't simple, but yet that he was with us, but he didn't do that. He didn't do that. The reason why? He says, you're the influence. You're the salt. You're the light on this planet. You know, wherever you go, it's not Jesus is the light. It's he's in you. You're the light of the world, wherever you are, that that power of influence would be in your life, that when you walk to work, Jesus goes to your job site. When you are, you know, when you're being a boss and you need wisdom for something, you got wisdom in you and the revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That you, you know, wherever you go, where you go to school and everybody's like, Christianity, that's not cool. Yeah, but Jesus is. This kind of power influence is available in your life. My prayer is the same, God, that you would open our eyes, that you would open our eyes, that we would, that we would see this, that we would be able to make the difference that he's designed and desired for us. Why? Because our eyes have been opened to see it. It's one thing that we can't do this morning on our own, but I would encourage you as I just pray for you to just ask God that same thing. God, would you open my eyes? Would you open my eyes to see these three things? Let's pray. Father, that is my prayer. <laughs> that is my prayer that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we'd be able to see, know, fully understand, firsthand comprehend these thoughts. God, that our lives would be lived out of just the, the amazing calling that you have on our, uh, uh, for each and every one of us. God, I pray that we would understand just the riches of the inheritance we have with you, that we have every spiritual blessing. We have everything we need already. It's in you. God, and I pray pray above all that in this house and in this place, we would know and experience your incredible power. We sang that song this morning, show your power. God, we pray that you would open our eyes so we could see it, that you would do that in this place and every person whose heart is open to that. God, we believe for great things as a result and we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.